Jai Jai Sitchitanya Jai Anitananda Jai Advaita Chandra Jaya Gaura Bhakta Binda Jai Jai Sitchitanya Jai Anitananda Jai Advaita Chandra Jaya Gaura Bhakta Binda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Rama Ram Ram Hare Hare When the Lord saw Govardhan Hill, he immediately offered obeisances, falling down on the ground like a rod. He embraced one piece of rock from Govardhan Hill and became mad, mad with ecstatic love. The Lord came to the village known as Govardhan. There he saw the deity named Haridev and offered his obeisances unto him. Haridev is an incarnation of Narayan and his residence is on the western petal of the lotus of Mathura. Mad with ecstatic love, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu began to dance before the Haridev deity. Hearing of the wonderful activities, all the people came to see him. The people were astonished when they saw Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's ecstatic love and personal beauty. The priest who served the Haridev deity offered the Lord a good reception. At Brahmakund, the butter charya cooked food, and the Lord, after taking his bath at Brahmakund, accepted his lunch. That night, the Lord stayed at the temple of Haridev, and during the night, he began to reflect. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu thought, since I shall not at any time climb Govardhan Hill, how shall I be able to see Gopal Rai? Thinking is in this way, the Lord remained silent, and Lord Gopal, knowing his contemplation, played a trick. Coming down from Govardhan Hill, Lord Gopal granted an interview to Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was unwilling to climb the hill, thinking himself a devotee of Lord Krishna. Gopal stayed in a village called Anakut Gram on Govardhan Hill. The villagers who lived in that village were mainly from Rajasthan. One person came to the village. One person who came to the village informed the inhabitants, the Turkish soldiers are now preparing to attack your village. Flee this village tonight and do not allow one person to remain. Take the deity with you and leave for the Muslim soldiers will come tomorrow. Hearing this, all the villagers became very anxious. They first took Gopal and moved him to a village known as Gantuli. The Gopal deity was kept in the house of a Brahmana and his worship was conducted secretly. Everyone fled and thus the village of Anakud was deserted. Due to the fear of the Muslims, the Gopal deity was moved from one place to another, again and again. Thus, giving up his temple, Lord Gopal would sometimes live in a bush and sometimes in one village after another. In the morning, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took his bath in a lake called Manasaganga. He then circumambulated Govardhan Hill. Just by seeing Govardhan Hill, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became ecstatic with love of Krishna. While dancing and dancing, he recited the following verse. 
Antayam Adrir Abala Haridasa Varyo Yadrama Krishna Charana Sparasam Pramado Manam Tanuti Sago Ganyus Tayo Yat Pani Ya Suyavasa Kandara Kandamulai Of all the devotees, this Govardhan hill is the best. Oh, my friends, this hill supplies Krishna and Balaram as well as their calves, cows and coward friends with all kinds of necessities. Water for drinking, very soft grass, caves, fruits, flowers and vegetables. In this way, the hill offers respect to the Lord. Being touched by the lotus feet of Krishna and Balaram, Govardhan Hill appears very jubilant. This is a quotation from Srimad Bhagavatam 10.21.18. It was spoken by the gopis when Lord Krishna and Balaram entered the forest in the autumn. The gopis spoke among themselves and glorified Krishna and Balaram for their pastimes. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then took his bath in a lake called Govindakund. And while he was there, he heard that the Gopal deity had already gone to Kantuligram. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then went to the village of Kantuligram and saw the Lord Gopal deity. Overwhelmed by ecstatic love, he began to chant and dance. As soon as the Lord saw the beauty of the Gopal deity, he was immediately overwhelmed by ecstatic love. He recited the following verse and he then chanted and danced until the day ended. Vamas tamara sukshaya bujjadanda sapatuva krida kandut katam yena nito govardhano giri. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, May the left arm of Sri Krishna whose eyes are like the petals of a lotus flower, always protect you. With his left arm, he raised Govardhan Hill as if it were a toy. In Vedic culture, uh, the right arm was considered the, uh, the proper arm. And people were encouraged to, uh, to act with the right arm. Um, the left arm uh, was then considered the weaker arm. So when Krishna is, at least for a right-handed person, the left arm is weaker. So Krishna with his weak arm, he was lifting Govardhan hill on his little finger the weakest of his fingers. And in this way, Krishna showed that for him, lifting Govardhan Hill was actually uh, not the limit of his capacity. We may glorify Krishna for lifting Govardhan Hill, but Krishna's power is unlimitedly greater than lifting Govardhan Hill. But yet, since Krishna was now acting out human pastimes. And when he actually lifted Govardhan Hill, it was simply beyond, beyond human imagination that any human being could lift a hill and that a boy could lift a hill. That was mind-blowing. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was deeply absorbed in remembering, in remembering Krishna. And, and he was just praying. Uh, may the left arm of Sri Krishna, whose eyes are like the petals of a lotus flower, always protect you. In this way, uh, 
praying to, to Krishna, the lifter of Govardhan Hill. So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw the Gopal deity for three days. On the fourth day, the deity returned to his own temple. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu walked with uh, the deity of Gopal and he chanted and danced. A large and jubilant crowd of people also chanted the transcendental name of Krishna. Hari, Hari. Um, so here we see an example how oftentimes in, uh, in, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, when they are referring to the chanting of the holy name, then it says, chanted the holy name, the transcendental name of Krishna, Hari, Hari. Um, but we have discussed it a few days ago that Rupa Goswami in Slago Bhagavatamrita points out Hare Krishna Ti Uchai, loudly chanting the name of Hare Krishna and so on, right? Which means, first of all, Hare Krishna and then the rest of the Maha Mantra. Gopal Mandiri Gele, Prabhu Raile Tale, Prabhu Vanshapurna Sabakaile Gopa. The Gopal Deity then returned to his own temple and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu remained at the bottom of the hill. Thus, all the desires of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu were satisfied by the Gopal deity. So, following the example of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we are not stepping on Govardhan Hill. Although we see that Madhavinda Puri, uh, who is the Param Guru of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is, is stepping on Govardhan Hill and installed the deity on Govardhan Hill. Uh, in this way, making pilgrims step on Govardhan Hill. So, how to look at this contradiction? Um, first of all, whenever there are apparent contradictions between the Acharyas, we will not step over the current link. Um, so, in this case, we will not step over Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not step onto Govardhan and therefore we also don't step on Govardhan. However, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta commented that there is one condition that a devotee can step on Govardhan. That is a devotee who has come to the uh, spontaneous Raganuga platform and actually has realized Stai Bhava. Uh, and not just any Stai Bhava, but particularly the Stai Bhava in Sakyaras. Because the cowherd boys, they would stand on the shoulders of Krishna. Therefore, a cowherd boy uh, in that mood could step into Govardhan in the mood of stepping on the shoulders of Krishna. But no one else uh, can can step on Krishna, because Govardhan is non-different from Krishna. Um, and uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very eager to see Gopal, but he did not want to climb Govardhan Hill. Therefore, by some trick, the Gopal deity personally descended. In this way, giving some excuse, Gopal sometimes remained in the bushes of the forest and sometimes he stayed in the village. One who is a devotee comes to see a, de a deity. 
The two brothers, Rupa and Sanatan, did not climb the hill. To them also, Lord Gopal granted an interview. In ripe old age, Sila Rupa Goswami could not go there, but he had a desire to see the beauty of Gopal. Due to the fear of the Muslims, uh, Gopal went to Mathura, where he remained in the house of Vitaleshwar for one full month. So it said uh, in the purport, it, it says then that Sila Rupa Goswami could. Uh, He came then for one month. He saw the deity in Mathura in his ripe old age. It says that Vitaleswar was born in 1515 and lived till 1585. Said that Rupa Goswami lived till maybe 1558 or 15, maximum 1564. So then, uh, in the following purports, uh, it, and verses, it is mentioned that different devotees were, were present there also, and, uh, and that they went with Rupa Goswami. So, in the Bhakti Ratnakar sixth wave, there's a list of many of the chief devotees who accompanied Srila Rupa Goswami. And uh, let's just read that list. The following Vaishnavas were present with Rusila Rupa Goswami. The merciful Gopabhata Goswami, Pugarbha Goswami, Sri Lokanadas Goswami, a reservoir of good qualities, Sri Madhava, Sri Paramananda Bhattacharya, Sri Madhu Pandit, whose characteristics are all wonderful, Premi Krishnadas, Krishnadas Brahmachari, Yadavacharya, the merciful Narayan, Sri Pundarikaksha Goswami, Govinda Ishan, Sri Govinda, the magnanimous Vani Krishna does, Sri Uddhava, who occasionally visited Bengal, Dvichahari does, Krishna does Kaviraj. So that is significant because then we see that Krishna does Kaviraj Goswami was in Vrindavan, right? At that time, if Rupa Goswami departed at 1558, or even as late as, as 64, then uh, Krishna Das would have been in Vrindavan at that time, mm. in the association of Rupa Goswami, which, uh, which puts Krishna Das in, in Vrindavan at, at quite... Uh, an early, early age. Oh. Mm. If we look at uh, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, who is uh, his his, he is supposed to be in his nineties when he's finishing the Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is completed around sixteen fifteen. So if you make him ninety five, then uh, that means 1530. Uh, so that means that 
uh, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami would have been 30 or early 30s when he was in Vrindavan. And that would mean that Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami spent most of his life in, in Vrindavan, actually, which is uh, important evidence about Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. So this can be noted, this reference of the Bhakti Ratnakar and seeing the deity uh, in Mathura with all these devotees present in the presence of Rupa Goswami before in Rupa Goswami in his ripe old age. So this would have been taking place anywhere from 1555 to 1560 right, in that period. It was with great jubilation that Rupa Goswami visited Kopal, accompanied by all these devotees. After staying in Mathura for one month, the Gopal deity returned to his own place and Sila Rupa Goswami returned to Vrindavan. Hmm. So, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, a, while in Vrindavan, he uh, traveled all over Vrindavan. He went to Kamyavan, he went to many places in Vrindavan. And uh, he became overwhelmed, overwhelmed with uh, with with many uh, with great ecstatic symptoms. So it says that uh, after visiting the places of Krishna's pastimes at Kamyavan, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Nandiswar. While there, he was overwhelmed with ecstatic love. Nandiswar is the is the house of Maharaj Nanda. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, Baden all the celebrated lakes, beginning with Lake Pavan, uh, Pavan Sarovar. Thereafter, he climbed the hill and spoke to the the people. Uh, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked, "Are there any deities on top of this hill?" Local people replied, "There are deities on this hill, but they are located within a cave. There are father and mother with well-built bodies, and between them is a very beautiful child." Who's curved in three places. Hearing this, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became very happy. After excavating the cave, he saw the three deities. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu offered his respects to Nanda Maharaj and Mother Yasoda, and with great ecstatic love, he touched the body of Lord Krishna. Mm. So, there's in this chapter, Chapter 15, uh, the list, a list given of many places that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu visited. And, uh, and it is important that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is doing this parikrama of the, uh, of the Holy Dham. And 
and how he was uh, displaying great symptoms of ecstasy. Upon seeing the place where the twin Arjuna trees had been broken by Sri Krishna, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was moved to great ecstatic love. So, Vrindavan is, is naturally the place that awakens our ecstatic love for Krishna. Uh, by seeing such places, uh, who would not be touched? Who would not be become ecstatic by appreciating uh, really what happened there? Um, after seeing Goku, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu returned to Mathura, where he saw the, the birthplace of the Lord. Mm. Anyway, uh, I don't want to uh, carry on uh, discussing uh, more from this chapter now. Uh, you can read yourself chapter 15 of the Madhya Lila. But it is a great highlight that Lord Chaitanya is coming to Vrindavan. Uh, how much he is appreciating actually all the pastimes related to Krishna. And this is, uh, yeah, this is indeed uh, very much part of, of the life of the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Um, we equally so um, will always be eager to return to Vrindavan, always be eager to, to be there in that holy land and visit all the places where Krishna performed his pastimes and become purified and so on. Um, I wanted to uh, take the discussion a little further then. In the uh, Antya Lila, we go to the sixth chapter. Chaitanya Charitamrita, Antya 6. Uh, one moment. So the Antia 6 is a chapter which is particularly dedicated to the meeting of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Raghunadas Goswami. There are many amazing things in this chapter. And uh, let's see how much time we have left and uh, if I'll get into discussing this a bit. I might. But before we do that, I just wanted to focus here on... Uh, on this particular passage. Previously, when Sankarananda Saraswati had returned from Vrindavan, he had brought the stone from Govardhan Hill and also, uh, also the Gunjamala. Uh, here in, it is it's translated as the garland of conch shells and I, I, without meaning any offense, I, I humbly beg to differ. Uh, this should, the Ganjamala is not a garland of conch shells. It is, it is, it is a garland made of berries. These berries are either red or black and sometimes also brown, dark or light brown. Uh, I even have, have one uh, such mala myself 
which I'm using, and it's a little whitish. Um, the uh, Ganjamala represents Srimata Radharani, as we will uh, we'll read a little further on. He presented Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu these two islands, items, the Ganjamala and the stone from Govardhan Hill. Up on receiving these two uncommon items, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was extremely happy. While chanting, he put the garland around his neck. The Lord would put the stone to his heart or sometimes to his eyes. Sometimes he would smell it with his nose and sometimes place it on his head. The stone from Govardhan was always moist with tears from his eyes. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would say, this stone is directly the body of Lord Krishna. For three years he kept the stone in garland. Then, greatly satisfied by the behavior of Raghunath Das, the Lord delivered both of them. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructed Raghunath Das, this stone is the transcendental form of Lord Krishna. Worship the stone with great eagerness. And then Srila Prabhupada cites Srila Bhaktisiddhanta's Anubhasya. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur writes in his Anubhasya that in the opinion of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Govardhan Shila, the stone from Govardhan Hill, was directly the form of Krishna, the son of Nanda Maharaj. The Lord used the stone for three years, and then in the heart of Raghunath Das, the Lord awakened devotional service to the stone. The Lord then gave the stone to Raghunath Das, accepting him as one of his most confidential servants. However, some envious people conclude that because Raghunath Das had not taken birth in the family of a Brahmana, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not give him the right to worship the deity directly, but instead gave him a stone from Govardhan. This kind of thought is naraki or hellish, stated in Padma Purana, Archa Vishnu Shiladiya Guru Sanada Matira Vaishnava Jati Buddhi Yasya Naraki Saha. If one thinks that the worshipable Shalagam Shila is a mere stone, that the spiritual master an ordinary human being, or that a pure Vaishnava preaching the Bhakti cult all over the world is a member of a particular caste and material division of society, he is considered a Naraki, a candidate for Hali's life. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructed that the Govardhan Shila, the stone taken from Govardhan, is non different from the body of Sri Krishna, Supreme Personality of Godhead, he indirectly advised such foolish person that one should not be envious of a Vaishnava who belongs to a different caste or sect. One should accept a Vaishnava's transcendental. In this way, one can be saved. Otherwise, one is surely awaiting a hellish life. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, of course, had to battle, had to battle with these Jati Kusai, smarter Brahmanas, who were claiming um, not only the uh, hereditary position of a Brahmana by birth, but with that also certain rights, rights to read scripture, rights to worship the deity, and denying others such right. So therefore this discussion is, uh, is very important uh, in the in the relation to the authority of this movement in India, especially uh, in, in along among followers, other followers of Vedic culture, who may not all be uh, accepting the international members of this society. Um,
an interesting point that uh, comes to my mind is is that Govardhan was given to Raghunadas Goswami in particular, and Raghunadas Goswami, he was at the time in the renounced order. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu continued, Worship this stone in the mode of goodness like a perfect brahmana, for by such worship you will surely attain ecstatic love of Krishna without delay. For such worship, one needs a jug of water and a few flowers from a tulasi tree. This is worship in complete, complete goodness when performed in complete purity. So the worship was extremely simple and basic. Uh, simply some water and some uh, Tulsi Manjaris, actually. Um, so that is very, very simple. This was Satvika Seva. This worship is in complete goodness when performed in complete, in Sudabhav, in complete purity. So that is the point, that a lot of deity worship is very uh, ritualistic. Oh, one second. Ah, itchy, itchy. <laughs> Itchy nose, itchy face. That is, those are the days that we're living in and not allowed to scratch. For, okay, for such worship, one needs a jug of water and a few tulasi manjaris. This is worship in complete goodness when performed in complete purity. With faith and love, you should offer eight soft tulasi flowers, each with two tulasi leaves, one on each side of each flower. And thus advising him to worship, uh, how to worship Lord Sri Chaitanya, Mahaprabhu personally offered Raghunadas the Govardhan Shila with his transcendental hand. As advised by the Lord, Raghunadas worshipped the Shila in great transcendental jubilation. Sarup Damodar gave Raghunadas two cloths, each about six inches long, a wooden platform, and a jug in which to keep water. Thus Raghunadas began worshipping the stone from Govardhan, and as he worshipped, he saw the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, the son of Nanda Maharaj, directly in the stone. Thinking of how he had received the Govardhan Shila directly from the hands of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Raghunadas was always overflooded with ecstatic love. The amount of transcendental bliss that Raghunadas enjoyed simply by offering water and Tulsi is impossible to achieve, even if one worships the deity with 16 kinds of paraphernalia. Uh, so does Upachar. So the uh, more elaborate standard of deity worship, the uh, um, then making sixteen, offering sixteen kinds of paraphernalia, um, that is more the the standard type of worship, which is found in uh, in scripture. But now we're seeing that Raghunadas was worshipped in very simple bathing with water, offering the Chulasi Manjaris. 
And the transcendental bliss he, he attained was, was beyond anything that one achieved by, by the regular standards of deity worship. After Raghunadasa just worshipped the Govardhan Shila for some time, Sarup Damodara one day spoke to him as follows. Offer the Govardhan stone eight kadis worth of the first class sweet, sweetmeats known as kaja and sandesh. If you offer them with faith and love, they will be just like nectar. Raghunadas then began offering the costly sweetmeats known as kaja, uh, which Govinda following the order of Sarup Damodara would supply. When Raghunadas received from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu the stone and the garland of conscience, he could not understand the Lord's intention. Thus he thought it follows. By offering me the Govardhan Shila, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has offered me a place near Govardhan Hill. And by offering me the garland of conscience, he's offered me shelter at the lotus feet. Um, yeah, well, okay, garland of conscience, I'm saying. Gunjamala, the, the garland of the Gunja berries. He has offered me shelter at the lotus feet of Srimati Radharani. Raghunadas transcendental bliss was boundless. Forgetting everything external, he served the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with his body and his mind. Who could list the unlimited transcendental attributes of Raghunadas? His strict regulative principles were exactly like the lines on a stone. Raghunadas spent more than 22 hours out of every 24 chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra and remembering the Lord's lotus feet. He ate and slept less than an hour and a half, and on some days that was also impossible. Topics concerning his renunciation are wonderful. Throughout his life, he never allowed his tongue sense gratification. He never touched anything to wear except a small torn cloth and a patchwork wrapper. Thus, he very rigidly executed the order of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Whatever he ate was only to keep his body and soul together. And when he ate, he would reproach himself thus. If one's heart has been cleansed by perfect knowledge and one has understood uh, Krishna, the Supreme Brahman, he then gains everything. Why should such a person act like a debauchee by trying to maintain his material body very carefully? Lord Jagannath Prasadam is sold by shopkeepers, and that which is not sold decomposes after two or three days. All the decomposed food is thrown before the cows from Tailanga at the Simadwara gate, but of its rotten odor, even the cows cannot eat it. Or at night, Raghunadas would collect that decomposed rice, bring it home, and wash it with ample water. Then he ate the hard inner portion of the rice with salt. One day, Surabdamada saw the activities of Raghunadas. Thus he smiled and asked for a portion of that food, and ate it. So Damodar said, You eat such nectar every day, but you never offer it to us. What is your character? When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard news of this from the mouth of Govinda, he went the next day and spoke as follows. What nice things are you eating? Why didn't you give anything to me? Saying this, 
he forcibly took a, mos a morsel and began to eat. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was taking another morsel of food, Sarukdamada caught him by the hand and said, It is not fit for you. Thus he forcibly took the food away. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Of course, every day I eat varieties of prasadam, but I have never tasted such nice prasadam as that which Raghunath is eating. Thus Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu performed many pastimes at Jagannath Puri, seeing the severe penances performed by Raghunathas in the renounced order. The Lord was greatly satisfied. Well, so I think it's interesting. Uh, if, if I'm, my honest impression from this chapter is that the worship of, of Govardhan was particularly uh, given to Raghunadas and that the mode of worship, of just worshiping him with bathing him, bathing the shield with water and adding eight Tulasi Manjaris, which in Vrindavan obviously was not complicated. Uh, Tulsi is everywhere. So he could easily get eight Tulasi Manjaris and then offer them to, uh, to Giriraj. In this way, the worship was very simple, very basic. Srubdhamada Goswami added a few things, gave, um, there was the Kunjamala also. Uh, Raghunath Das received also the Kunjamala. The Kunjamala represented uh, Radharani. Raghunath Das was thinking that in, in this way, he's given me residence at Govardhan and, and at the lotus feet of Srimadhi Radharani. So, the Kunjamala is always with Giriraj, so that uh, actually Radha and Krishna are present in that way. Um, so we're actually worshipping Radha and Krishna, uh, Giriraj is Krishna, and the, the Mala as Simata Radharani. But some have said the eight Tulasi Manjaris are representing the Astasaki. Um, of course, from, from a point of logic, it seems that it, it, could, uh, it could well be possible that these eight Tulasi uh, Manjaris Don't worry, I always sneeze. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My whole life. But I'm not sneezing on the camera, so don't worry. Um, anyway, so these eight Tulasi Manjaris, they are representing, um, they could be representing the uh, Astasaki, the eight uh, immediate associates of, uh, of Srimata Radharani and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. However, because we have not got any reference to that in Chaitanya Charitamrita, we would count that 
as philosophical speculation. There are two types of speculation. Mental speculation, which is um, just on one's own speculating as to what the absolute truth could be. That is known as manudharm, it is condemned. And then there is philosophical speculation. And philosophical speculation is where through intelligence and logic and reason, we are trying to understand points of scripture, uh, try and understand a particular detail about which we don't have the full information. So I would say those who think that the uh, these eight manjaris are representing the astasaki, um, they are engaging in philosophical speculation. Um, the fact that the number eight is given um, seems to support that problem. Uh, sorry, seems to support that idea. But uh, the uh, again, there's no hard evidence. So then we can uh, can see how to look upon such matters. Um, so within our knowledge, we'll have uh, the knowledge that is very clearly stated. The stone is Krishna, and the uh, Kunjamala is representing Radharani. So, therefore, I have an impression that that the um, worship of Govardhan Shilas is especially uh, especially meant for the renounced order of life. Because in the renounced order, one is not in a position to accumulate all the uh, paraphernalia for worship and often these 16 upacharas and, and dresses for deities and an altar and all these complexities. Um, so I think that's one reason why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave the deity to uh, to one in the renounced order. And uh, I also think that, well, it was, of course, uh, like Raghunath does, his own insight is to be uh, considered that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave him residence at at Govardhan. And of course, later, uh, Raghunath Das did move towards uh, Govardhan and just there excavated uh, after Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had identified Radhakunya Shamakund. It was Raghunath Das who, with the help of a wealthy man, uh, began to excavate Radhakund and build all the ghats around Radhakund. Um, so in this way, uh, Raghunath Das was taking that particular uh, position. Um, the, the writings of Srila Raghunath Das Goswami are uh, intimate writings about the uh, about the um, relationship between Krishna and the gopis 
And the one thing that is particularly highlighted in Raghunath Das's writing is the concept of Radhadasya. Srimad um, um, Bhagavatam is establishing Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, is establishing Krishna as the uh, Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, Rupa Goswami is, uh, is explaining how to, uh, to worship the Lord and comes to Anyabhilasita Sunyam Jnana Karmadhyana Vitam Anukulyena Krishnanushila Nam Bhakti Uttama. So, Anukulyena Krishnanushila Nam. So, he is speaking about cultivating the uh, attitude of, of serving Krishna. And uh, without any ulterior motive or any other desire. Raghuna Das is particularly emphasizing that the followers of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who are the followers of Sri Radharani, are particularly in the mood of Radha Dasya. And that their position is, is to satisfy Srimata Radharani, because the understanding is nobody can please Krishna more than she can. Therefore, rather than being in competition with her, we are in service to her and assisting her to, to serve Krishna directly so that she can please Krishna the most. Therefore, uh, that is the mood of of the Sampradaya coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Gopi Partapada Kamalaya or Dasana 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 Das, that we are the servant of the servant of the servant of the gopis, and particularly of Srimata Radharani, who is the chief most of these gopis. So that has been particularly highlighted by Raghunadas Goswami, who is uh, in this way. Uh, made a very important contribution to the uh, theology of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, Sampradaya. And uh, that's something for us to to keep in mind. Yes, uh, if there are anyone, if there's anyone who has a question now, then you please... uh, Type it in, and uh, I'll try to answer your questions. Okay, there's something here. Someone says, you're sneezing because we all miss your association and and blessings. Well, I'm sneezing because it's cold here. Um, Someone is is saying how to remain in the mood of service without feeling it's a job, without, okay, then I'd say without experience it as an austerity. 
Well, because we are right now serving Krishna in Vaidhi Bhakti, according to the uh, regulative principles, and we are only practicing and cultivating a service attitude, therefore that service is sometimes experienced as a job, as an austerity. Uh, and that is, that we have to go through in, uh, in building up our regulated practice, controlling our mind and senses, and engaging them in, in the regulated process, as the scriptures explain how to worship Krishna. By that cultivation, we come gradually to developing some taste. And as the taste develops, then things change, then the austerity element disappears, and we become more and more ecstatic to serve. And of course, still some servers may be found easier than other servers, but, uh, but as we become more and more advanced, things change. It says in the beginning, we are attached to the service and, and what service we're doing. And it said later on, we become attached to Krishna. And then it doesn't matter what service we're doing anymore, as long as we can do service. So by devotional service, uh, forming it uh, with some sense of duty and austerity, one becomes purified and comes to devotional service with attachment. Then when we serve with attachment, then no more tapas. Sometimes the mind is troubled and our false ego comes in. Yes, it does. And then we look at it with the intelligence. And we say, oh, look, look at what this mind is doing. Uh -huh. So we are always acting as a spectator of our own mind. And therefore, we learn that the mind is not going to control us. As we're looking with the intelligence, say, look at what this mind is doing now. Is this useful for Krishna's service or is this not useful for Krishna's service? If not useful, then we will not act. Okay, where's the text? Come on. Oh, gosh. Yeah. How can we know that we're in the right mood of service in Radha Dasha? It is, oh, it is by the mercy we're getting. Is it by the mercy we're getting or taste or something more is there? Um, it, is, uh, it is not so, uh, so complicated. Um, it is, as I said, Gopi Bharta Pada Kamaliyar Dasana 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 Das. It is a hundred times removed from serving Radharani directly. So it is about serving uh, our immediate link. So we serve our spiritual master. And by serving our spiritual master, we are in Radhadasya. It basically means that uh, in this movement, uh, we're putting our own agenda aside. Uh, we're putting up the agenda aside from, I want to serve Krishna in this way. I want to offering him I want to offer him pink roses. Oh, I will, uh, I will uh, write songs for him. 
from the bottom of my heart because these are like things that are born from me. Some of that may be there, but more important is that we are simply assisting, assisting the superior Vaishnava. That is the mood of, of Radhadasya. Uh, that every Vaishnava has some personal present, uh, preference and likes us to do some seva this way, that way. That is there. But then there is just simply duty in how to serve our spiritual master. Okay, one sec. I have to, again, get the text back. It just goes, and then I have to slide the screen. Yep, here it is. Uh, is it possible that even if one is engaged in a lot of service, even lives in the temple, it went away again, uh, but in the end of life actually has not developed relationship with Krishna? Well, you know, the relationship with Krishna develops, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Um, over time, we'll be surprised how much of a relationship with Krishna actually develops. But it doesn't mean that we necessarily come to the most advanced stages where we become aware of our eternal relationship with Krishna and all that. That may come a bit later. Uh, and that may even come after this life. Because at the end of this life, we're not just going back to Godhead on the basis of the consciousness we have attained. Yam yam bhavam bhavam Whatever state of consciousness we have attained at the end of life, that will determine our next destination. But there are other factors, and that is the factor of the mercy. The mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of being part of his Sampradaya, the mercy of all these Acharyas, and the mercy of Prabhupada, who prayed, and who said anyone who chants 16 rounds and follows four regulated principles uh, faithfully can go back to Godhead. Uh, he said it on numerous occasions, once in, in Portland. Uh, he said, I, I guarantee it, I guarantee it, I guarantee it three times. So in this way, we know that, um, that there's more uh, at the end of life than just what we have attained. It is also the mercy that we get. And the more we are faithful servants of our spiritual master and spiritual masters, right? the more we are faithful servants in this movement, the more we will develop our... Uh, uh, we will attract that mercy. You see? So, therefore, Whatever we have attained at the end of life, uh, the final factor for us to go back to the spiritual world depends on these two elements, our personal performance and the mercy. Okay, one sec again. Oh, yeah. Come on. It's such a trip to get this text back. Oh, it's not coming. Yep. Now it's back. Uh -huh. uh, Maharaj, despite of doing all the practices, there's lack of concentration, sometimes laziness too. Um, all that. Yeah, how to improve the standards in Krishna consciousness. 
Yeah, it's it's like, you know, anyway, we're all from Kali Yuga. So we're all weak in our performance. And uh, fortunately, Lord Chaitanya is very generous. And, uh, and therefore, he knows we are from Kali Yuga and he sees we are weak. We're not great yogis. He says we're chanting not very nicely. We're not doing everything with so much dedication. But at least we're doing. He knows how hard it is. So blessings come. And as the blessings come, it gets better also. So like this, we just carry on always remembering uh, that we're living in a mercy movement and that there is so much mercy that even a little bit of service can bring us the greatest mercy. And therefore, even although we don't perform perfectly, we persevere and that is how we attain success. All right, I thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to end the lecture, but uh, I appreciate your your presence. Uh, I appreciate you are uh, with me here in this uh, meditation. Uh, as I started our this series, is that I wanted to spend some time just getting absorbed in in scripture, so that uh, we forget about the smallness of everyday life, whatever issues arise, they are all so insignificant. So therefore, I wanted to, to raise the point, let us look at the deeper reality, and therefore let us look at, uh, at scripture. Uh, I chose the Chaitanya Charitamrita because I've made the point that we are in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. When it's mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the future, Veda Vyas will appear and he will write many more things about, about the movement of Lord Chaitanya. Then I take it that one meaning of that is that the movement of Lord Chaitanya is still going on. We see all these miracles happening in the lives of so many people touched by Lord Chaitanya's mercy. And so are we. The miracle happened for us as well and is happening right now in our life. So in that sense, we are part of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. The book, the Chaitanya Charitamrita is not yet finished. It is still going on. And, uh, and with that, you know, that meditation, uh, we're very much in this movement. Uh, in this movement of Lord Chaitanya. And when we enter into the descriptions of, uh, of Lord Chaitanya through the Chaitanya Charitamrita, then we will begin to see more and more how we are actually part of the transcendental movement of Lord Chaitanya. And then, uh, well, you know, then what shall we worry uh, about anything? Then simply... Let us be, uh, let us be always, always remembering the Supreme Lord and never forgetting Him. Smartavyam satatam vishnurvi sit. Then perfection attained. Hare Krishna.